Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Lounge wear? Underwear? Those are two questions you might ask if you didn't realise that at BritishBoxers.com the answers are lounge here and under here. Um, that is that they sell super comfy loungewear and underwear made of luxury fabric. Not that they're inviting you to lounge at theirs or underneath theirs, which would be a bit weird and creepy. You name something comfy to wear. Go on, anything. No, not that. No, they don't do trousers filled with marshmallows and that wouldn't be very nice in the summer. Pyjamas, dressing gowns, hoodies, pants. Yeah, all of them. And British boxers make them superbly too while being part of the conscious advertising network, paying their staff properly like, you know, everyone should and are all nice to the planet too. Also like, well, everyone should. What I'm saying is they're properly nice people who make great underwear under there, which isn't under anything, I don't think. I've not visited, but I'm almost certain they have a factory rather than underground lair. If you go to British-Boxers.com and buy nice things, then at the checkout use the promo code PARPOLBRO15 and you'll get a nice 15% off your order and then you can lounge here, there or anywhere you blooming well like. Hello and welcome to the Partly Political Broadcast, the comedy politics podcast that has been saying that the cabinet is terrifyingly shit way before it was fashionable to do so. I'm Tian and Duyet, but this week as Health Secretary and terrified baked bean Matt Hancock said that he wakes up every morning and thinks, what can I do to save lives? I know that's not true, or he'd know to mostly stay in bed. It's completely crackers that Boris Johnson is in power. Lying Matt Hancock should have been fired 15 or 20 times. The government have failed. Not my words, uh, taken from the times I've said pretty much the same thing on many years of this podcast. I know you can tell they're not my words because there's a lack of swears and there's no comments before the mention of the Prime Minister's name that he looked like a bag of broken custard creams was drop kicked into a charity shop reject pile. No, they are the words of that's why you never make stickmen three-dimensional Dominic Cummings, the former special advisor to Johnson and now it seems the villain's sidekick in a film who turns against their boss in the last instalment to save the day. I know you're currently thinking of several films that I should have specifically referenced there but believe me, I've tried and all the characters that I could come up with were either like really fun people or cool or had some sort of redeeming qualities so uh, aren't at all appropriate. 
This was instead a situation where a man who lies told a select committee about the lies of a government who lies. It was almost like a riddle, except you didn't have to solve anything because pretty much everything Cummings divulged was either right and we knew it, or it sounded about right because the government is so shit that even a man who wants to build a moon base and test his eyesight by driving a large chunk of metal down a motorway with a child in the back doesn't want to be associated with them anymore. The hearing, which at seven hours took nearly as long as reading one of Cummings' Twitter threads, started with the former SPAD saying that the government had fallen disastrously short of the standards the public has the right to expect of them in a crisis like this. I mean, you say that, but pretty much anyone who doesn't vote Conservative expected exactly this. I honestly wish I'd made bets on it, and I'd be nearly rich enough to be offered a PPE contract and dictate government policy. Cummings said sorry to all the families of those who died unnecessarily and apologised for the mistakes that were made and his own mistakes too. Yeah, how does that feel? A political figure apologising properly. Weird, isn't it? You'd at least have expected him to say, I'm sorry if you feel like someone you know died. But no, it was an actual one, which I don't think has happened in British politics ever since former Labour leader and Ferb Fletcher tribute Ed Miliband had his special advisers convince him the best way to look tuss enough was to apologise for existing at every given minute. Cummings even apologised for not telling the truth about his lockdown journeys to Durham last year, saying he wished he'd never heard of Barnard Castle, though I'm not sure it would make much difference if you know the name of your destination when your route planner is driving without being able to see where you're going. It was unsettling to hear an admittance of guilt and regret when we least expected it, and I had to imagine that Cummings had all his fingers crossed under the table as he said it, rather than let it give me some glimpse of hope that any honest human empathy and morals had returned to a sector usually so cold that it would make Skynet seem cuddly. The rest of the hearing was Cummings pointing out everything that went wrong in the government's COVID response. He said he raised the alarm about COVID at the end of Jan 2020 and pushed for a lockdown from March the 11th or 12th to curb infection rates instead of March 26th when it did happen, because that way he could have breached the regulations and got to Barnard Castle a good week or so earlier. He said government had nothing in place to tackle COVID, with a senior official on March the 13th revealing that they were in huge trouble and absolutely fucked, though it's hard to tell with this government if that was said with concern or pride. Dominic Cummings said the meeting with Johnson the next day was like a scene from Independence Day when the aliens arrive, which I can't work out if he means it's because the Prime Minister's lurching lumps slowly appeared through the guff cloud in his office, or because it was full of bad faith acting and misplaced patriotism. Apparently the Prime Minister didn't think Covid was a serious threat. Yeah, I know. Shocker, right? Comparing it to chickenpox, which is proof that Johnson never spends more than two minutes with his children, or he'd know that that would still mean five days at home and no shaking hands as you're too busy wearing mittens and trying not to scratch your balls off. According to Cummings, at one point Johnson even wanted everyone's fave always about to cry eight-year-old boy Chief Medical Officer Chris Whitty to inject him with Covid live on TV and I have to say, I'm really very sad that didn't happen. I'd have watched that even if it was on pay-per-view as long as they promised to keep the Prime Minister on screen to show all the symptoms too and just what happens if you don't get any treatment at all. There was no plan for a helpline for those inquiring if they should shield out of worries that it would be swamped with calls, which, you know, would have been awful. That must also be why they didn't want to have free school meals for kids during the holidays in case those children ate them. And oh God, probably why the NHS needs to be dismantled as it just encourages people to use it. It does explain a lot of conservative mentality if they don't like the idea of providing things people need or want, as maybe that's patronising to them. Whereas having your last dying thought as the virus ravages your body be, oh, maybe I should have been shielding all along. I'm glad I've learnt my lesson. Maybe that's so much more wholesome and empowering. In another shocking bombshell that you could never have guessed a year after hearing anyone who had any iota of awareness at the time say it loads, was that there was no protective ring around the care sector and that Matt Hancock lied about that claim. Though to be fair to the health secretary, he never specified if the ring was to keep the virus out or trap it inside care homes. 
Cummings said that he told the Prime Minister repeatedly that Matt Hancock should have been fired for at least 15 to 20 things, including lying. And I would also hope that they included those terrifying pictures of him attempting to do press-ups. But it's tricky, because really, you could say that any single member of the Cabinet should have been fired for 15 to 20 things, including lying. So maybe the Health Secretary was just trying to fit into the club. I mean, there's no better way to impress the boss than by following his very practices. It was crackers, Cummings said, that Johnson is Prime Minister and that even he had a role in number 10. And I agree, even though it's very unfair to crackers, which at least have taste and serve their purpose. It's also a bit rich of Dominic Cummings to complain about Johnson being Prime Minister when he's the person that got him there. I mean, all of this could have been fixed if he just told the Tories their campaign slogan in 2019 should have been, we shouldn't be in power because we're all liars. And then they'd probably only have a 60-seat majority instead. There were loads of misplaced comparisons in Cummings' testimony, including him saying that everyone blaming everyone in the government and saying it was all their responsibility was like the Spider-Man meme where Spider-Man is pointing at another Spider-Man. But it's not like that because at least the real Spider-Man has always understood that with great power comes great responsibility. If we thought the past year was bad, then there is no government plan for solar flares or anthrax attacks. So, you know, that could be worse. But at least that gives us some hope there is a chance this awful lot could be removed by a massive satellite crashing directly into the Palace of Westminster. What was disappointing, apart from spending seven hours of my life hearing lots of things I already knew, like when you have to sit through one of those long documentaries after the overly long preview at the start tells you all the best things that happened in it, was the ministers Cummings didn't mention or criticise. There was no comment on how shark bait Gavin Williamson doesn't even seem to be aware what children are. He didn't think horror reimagining of the Looney Tunes bookworm Michael Gove was responsible for screwing up PPE procurement, even though that's exactly what he was responsible for. And he praised the Chancellor and smug-talking sports bag Rishi Sunak, rather than damn him for his regular insistences that the best way to tackle the virus would be for everyone to eat at Wagamama's, a chain restaurant where the seating arrangements make you sit next to people you've never met before. But apart from it being very obvious who his friends and perhaps future employers are, none of Cummings' revelations were really revelations. I mean, we know thousands of people died needlessly and sadly somehow the Prime Minister survived. We already knew that the Cabinet Office were terrifyingly shit and continue to be, and yet There's just something really reassuring when someone who is in amongst the shitstorm of it all affirms our beliefs that it was indeed a shitstorm. I mean, it's odd to say that knowing we'll all likely die in a solar flare caused by an anthrax hurricane scenario is reassuring. And yes, I know an anthrax solar flare caused a hurricane scenario isn't really a thing, but now we know the level of governmental chaos, probably they make sure somehow that it was. What I mean is that it's good to know that actually all of the things that we thought were happening did and are happening and that we aren't the mad ones here because so says the man who wants to build a moon base and drove his car to test his eyes with his own child in the back. So surely now is the moment the government collapses, Matt Hancock resigns and the possibility of a coronavirus third wave is halted by actually coherent plans from all of those who've learned from their mistakes. That wasn't even a gag. Why are you laughing? No, stop laughing. It wasn't It wasn't a joke. No, you're right. Of course not. I would say this government are Teflon, but more people believe the non-stick pan makers to be harmful to health than the Conservatives. The Health Secretary, of course, rejected the criticisms and responded to Cummings' comments in Parliament by insisting that through the pandemic, he had been straight with people, but he didn't say which people, so I'm guessing it was just when telling his friends exactly how much money he could give them to refashion old bin bags. Hancock says he wakes up every morning and thinks, what can I do to save lives? And then no doubt uses that as the basis to do the exact opposite of whatever's needed. The Prime Minister backed Hancock too and wouldn't respond to questions about whether or not the Health Secretary had lied to him about care homes because, for Johnson, every other comment he makes is a lie and it must now be impossible to work out what the actual truth is anymore anyway. I mean, if you looked at a dictionary under Pseudologia Fantastica, there'd be a pic of the Prime Minister looking like he'd just fallen out of a tree. 
If you asked him about it, of course, he denied that that was him or that dictionaries even existed in the first place. Michael Gove responded to Cummings' claims that the cabinet office was terrifyingly shit by saying, no, they aren't, which is either yet another lie or he's aware that shit has a higher level of consistency and stinks considerably less. Obviously, the press had to report about Cummings' hearing because it was all said by their only source and they didn't have anything else to talk about. Even so, five days later, the former special advisor to the Prime Minister saying that Johnson shouldn't be anywhere near power isn't even front-page news anymore. It's been again forgotten amongst the never-ending list of fucking awful things that the government have been allowed to survive through. The report into how the Conservative Party handles discrimination allegations was released last week and said that there's no evidence of institutional racism in the government, but comments like Johnson made about women in burqas give the impression of insensitivity. Yes, because it was insensitive. That's like saying Michael Caine does the best Michael Caine impression. Plus, I'm not sure how any report can be deemed a win when its review on whether the party have failed to tackle Islamophobia was headed up by someone who's made Islamophobic comments in the past and fails to recognise Islamophobic comments and insists that the government are keen impressionists too, which, as we all know, are the worst kind of people. After they were let off that, the Prime Minister's advisor on standards and proof that you should definitely wear sun cream, Lord Gate, cleared his boss of misconduct in getting the number 10 flat refurbished. Instead, he said Johnson wasn't aware a donor had paid for some of the decorating work and should have been more vigorous in finding out who it was. So, the headline should be, our Prime Minister is such a clueless fucking idiot that he doesn't even know things have to be paid for, and the opposition should be endlessly damning his career as a political Windy Miller. The Register of Ministers' Interests was released five months later than it was due to on the Friday night before Bank Holiday weekend, so absolutely no one had any time to go through and see things like Gavin Williamson is somehow a patron for the World Owl Trust, which is odd for someone who rarely gives a hoot about anything. The delay in the report means that the details over how the number 10 flat was paid for and when aren't included as they are no longer current, which is convenient. Instead, it only includes current interests of ministers, or so it says, but I can't see any section on there where it says self-preservation. So instead of worrying about any of that, everyone's just gawping at pictures of the Prime Minister marrying his ideal Fiona, Carrie Simmons, in a secret wedding at Westminster Abbey. It had to be in secret, obviously, because it would have really ruined the day to have a church full of people laughing whenever they made promises in their vows. Catholics have questions as to why the Abbey allowed Johnson to marry there when he's been married twice before and the faith doesn't recognise divorces, but the church responded by saying that actually his first two marriages weren't Catholic weddings, so it classed them as invalid. Yet again, it seems the Conservatives are all for erasing history when it suits. Still, the Catholic Church are champions at gaslighting and pretending awful things that occurred didn't, so it's clearly a perfect location for the love turds. Carrie wore a floral headpiece as if to pretend that she's in some way a child of the earth, as opposed to being part of a couple that regularly soil the country. And Johnson wore exactly the same suit and tie as he wears for every other occasion he openly lies about commitment. Still, considering they were engaged in February 2020, it was nice that, like the rest of the country, they postponed their wedding for a more appropriate time. You know, like just after a seven-hour hearing that says Johnson let 150,000 people die unnecessarily. So, Cummings' hearing with MPs doesn't matter, in-party racism doesn't matter, failing to declare donations doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that far-right authoritarian Prime Minister of Hungary and toad kaiju Viktor Orban visited Number 10 Downing Street on Friday, where he defended calling migrants invaders. Number 10 said Johnson brought up Orban's Islamophobia as well as his homophobia and links to Russia with him, but probably only to see how they compared to his own. It's always a good place to start a conversation with common ground, isn't it? It doesn't matter that people in places with high infection rates were told not to leave their area by a post on a website that no one knew about and then the government retracted that advice two days later because, hey, it's only your fault if you catch COVID after failing to conduct a full-length investigative treasure hunt to find the advice first. Next time, it's going to be printed on a business card nailed to a tree in the Black Forest for three minutes on a Wednesday and, frankly, if you miss it, you deserve everything you get. 
It doesn't matter that lead scientists are already asking for the roadmap out of restrictions to be pushed back by two months, as it's looking like we're in the early stages of a third wave, because, you know, all good things and that. None of it matters, because no one, not the opposition, not the press, is making any of it stick. In opinion polls that came out after the hearing, the Conservatives had indeed gone up by six points, as though hearing that the Cabinet are shit and liars just made English people go, great, someone who actually represents us properly. Let's keep our fingers crossed for that solar flare-induced anthrax hurricane, eh? It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Yo, but also um, that's it for this week's podcast. Yeah, it's a super mini one um, because I had an interviewee for this week and then they dropped out very last minute for super valid reasons, um, I should say. And then I didn't really have any time to get anyone else in. So I thought, fuck it, it's sunny, it's half term. And around half of you don't listen in half term anyway. So maybe this week when there's not that much to say, you can just have gags. Is that fair? You might be thinking, but there's loads of stuff to talk about. There isn't. I mean, there isn't though, is there? There isn't really loads to talk about. I mean, the you know, what is it? The more COVID... We know that's happening. Uh, the wedding, that's not news. It's bullshit. Um, everything old weird Dom said on Wednesday, that's been covered in this podcast over the past year anyway. Um, it was just that someone who was, to quote Hamilton the musical, in the room where it happens, uh, said it out loud. So, I mean, you can go through pretty much everything coming said and go, yeah, I mean, that definitely happened. That very lightly happened. And then there was this bit about cutting off contacts with journalists. And that was probably a big horse poop. But there you go. Done. The rest of it can wait until next week when I also have my first actual live gig on the same night I'd usually record this show. So... No clue on whether this show will be bad, as I'll have spent all the time on my material, or my material will be bad, as I'll have spent the whole day on this, or both will be bad, as is probably expected by everyone. Um, That gig is at the Vauxhall Comedy Club Monday, June 7th at 7.30pm, if you'd like to come, and it's hosted by the brilliant and very funny Alex Haddow. Um, It's going to be my first gig since last December, first gig for grown-ups, I did one for kids this weekend, but it'll be your first gig for grown-ups, and I'm going to be doing all new stuff, and probably looking at notes, trying to remember what words mean. So please come along and support what will no doubt be a massive 
massive mess. Um, so yeah, really, that's it for this week. Uh, all else to say is uh, thanks to Christine and Linda for donating to uh, the Kofi.com forward slash Parpol Bro, uh, to Jennifer for joining the Patreon.com forward slash Parpol Bro, and of course, no one donated to the ACAR supporter page because it is harder to find than uh, government COVID restriction advice. This will be back to its full length uh, self next week, I promise. Until then, I hope this morsel of shouting without actual intelligence from a guest to interrupt my noise uh, was sufficient enough to carry you through the week. In the meantime, obviously, why not spend the extra few minutes this episode has given you doing something wholesome, like uh, not pushing over a child, not shouting rude words at a lollipop lady, or better yet, maybe just recommending this here show to people that you know and like, or even just tolerate. Uh, You can tell them to subscribe and tune in. Um, Maybe, if you like this show enough, wallop a donation over to the Kofi or Agar supporter site or join the Patreon and maybe possibly just give this show a five-star review on the podcast apps that happen out there. Uh, big thanks to you, uh, to Acast, my brother, last skeptic, and Cat Day. And this will be back next week when, now having had another child and got married, Johnson realizes he's run out of suitable distractions from stories about him being a massive shit rag. He panics and announces he's retiring before backtracking and saying, "Actually, he's going to university." Bye. This week's show is sponsored by Cummings Crackers. They sound worse than they taste. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.